The second lesson, also the sermon text from Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter 4. Make every effort to come to me quickly, for Demas, because he loved this present world, has forsaken me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is useful to me for ministry. I have sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak I left in Troas with Carpus and the scrolls, especially the parchments. The word of the Lord. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, it's just about over for St. Paul. The words you heard earlier came from the last letter that Paul ever wrote. They came from the last chapter of the last letter that Paul ever wrote. And in fact, the words you heard before were some of the last words of the last chapter of the last letter that Paul ever wrote. He is coming to the end of the line of his time in this world because he has been imprisoned in Rome for the second time. Uh, the first time he managed to get out and do more mission work this time, that's not going to happen, and he knows it. He knows that the Romans are about to execute him, but Paul's still got a little more time left in this world, so he writes one last letter to his longtime friend and protege, Timothy, and toward the end of that final letter, Paul makes some requests of Timothy to make his remaining days in this world a little more comfortable and a little more enjoyable. He asks Timothy to bring his cloak. This is understandable as heating prison cells is probably not a top priority of the Roman government. He asks for reading material. That also makes sense. Most importantly, Paul asks Timothy to bring himself. He wants more human companionship because right now, Paul only has one friend left with him. Everybody else has deserted or left on business. And that also makes sense because everybody would like to say goodbye to their friends in person. There are really no surprises on any of this list of final requests that Paul makes of his friend Timothy, except for one. Mark, the St. Mark that the Christian Church honors with a feast day on this April 25th. Mark, you might be surprised Paul wants to see. Because 20 years earlier, when Paul set out on his very first missionary journey, Mark joined him as a helper. And about halfway through that journey, Mark bailed and went back home. And we don't know why Mark did that. Maybe he got ill. Or maybe there was a family emergency that Mark had to attend to, but not likely. Because you'd like to think if that was the kind of reason that Mark had to go home. Paul wouldn't have gotten quite so angry with him. It's hard to get thunder and lightning mad at somebody for getting sick or having to go to a funeral. It's a lot more likely that Mark left, left Paul in the wind because he was just missing something. Maybe he was missing courage. He chickened out after he got out there and saw just how dangerous and illegal this Christian mission work really is. Or maybe he was missing something else like durability. He just missed the comforts and the pleasures of home. 
Whatever it was, Mark was missing something that made him leave Paul in the lurch, and it made Paul so angry at Mark that later on, when Mark came back to him and asked to go along on a second missionary journey, Paul gave him a flat, no, I don't want to work with you anymore. There's something missing in you, Mark. You need to be more than you are right now. Okay, so that's enough about St. Mark for now. He doesn't need all the attention just because it's his feast day. Let's talk about ourselves for a while. Let's talk about this congregation. So I've been here serving at Trinity now for almost a year. And although that service has been a lot more limited than I would have liked it to be, it has been one of the best years of my life. Now granted, my life hasn't been all that great so far, but still, it's been one of the best years of my life. Uh, there is a lot of good things in this congregation. Uh, most of you, most of the time, are really nice, generous, hardworking people. Most of you, most of the time, really care about the work that is done in this congregation. And believe me, that is not the case in every Christian church. But it is here, and I think it's because most of you, most of the time, genuinely appreciate the Word of God and have a strong faith in your Savior who stands front and center at that Word. Like St. Mark, though, there is something missing here. And like Mark, I don't know exactly what it is. thought a really long time about what the right word would be. Never came, and I ran out of time. Zeal, ambition, Zip, something, whatever you want to call it, just to think bigger and try more boldly as a congregation. There just seems to be this sense that things are good enough the way they are right now, and there really isn't much need to just jam the gas pedal down to the floor and go as fast as we can with the ministry of this congregation. And maybe it's all COVID's fault. And in a few months, I'm going to find out that this was all just a wrong impression, and I was totally off about it, but it's also getting a little old to just blame COVID for everything. And whatever it is, there's just something missing to try to take the ministry of this congregation to the next level. Now, of course, it is good for Christians to be content, to be satisfied with what God has given us, but that does not include the ministry of a congregation. Because the work that God gives to a Christian congregation is the most important work in the world. To proclaim the love of Christ in the water of baptism, in communion, in the word of God, that is the only work in the world that has a truly eternal impact on people. And what does it say about that work and the Savior that is proclaiming if things are sort of good enough the way they are? Now, at the risk of turning the pulpit into a confessional, I will totally admit to being as guilty of this as anybody else. Plenty of times when I could have rewritten something, or better yet, thrown it away and started all over, and I just thought, who cares? They're pretty much done listening after five minutes anyway, so what difference does it make? <laughs> or I could have done more work, and I thought, yeah, but if I leave now, I can make it home for first pitch, and I'm going home. See, everybody is missing something at least some of the time. Now, 20 years after St. Paul got so mad at Mark 
that he refused to work with him anymore, Paul included this line in his final request to Timothy. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is useful to me for ministry. Now, if you received an employee evaluation that described you as useful, you might not find that all that flattering. It's kind of a flat word in modern American English. But what that word really means is full of uses. This is a Swiss army knife person. You can do all kinds of things with him when he is around that you can't do when he's not around. So clearly, St. Paul had completely changed his mind about St. Mark. This is no longer a man who is going to hold a ministry back. He is now full of uses, and Paul is so fond of him that he wants to see Mark one more time before Paul dies. So clearly, whatever Mark was missing, whatever more he needed to become, he did, and then some. And we don't know all the details on how this happened. We do know from the Bible that after Paul gave Mark his walking papers, Mark refused to give up on mission work. He latched on to another missionary called Barnabas and worked with him. And there are very reliable sources from the early Christian church that say after that, Mark connected with another apostle, St. Peter, and learned from him. Peter was probably the major source for Mark's gospel, so a lot of people have actually called it the Gospel of Peter instead of the Gospel of Mark. We don't know all the details, but clearly Mark kept growing. He kept striving. He kept learning. He didn't give up. And all through those 20 years, the most important thing was that Mark had constant exposure. He was constantly surrounded by the good news of Christ's forgiveness. He had it in the scriptures of the Old Testament that he read. He learned it from Paul for a little while, and then from Barnabas, and then from Peter. He heard the love of Christ coming from his own lips when he preached and taught. He saw it come from his own pen when he wrote his gospel. And every time Mark received that good news of Christ's love for him, he was seeing forgiveness for whatever it is that he had been missing in the past. The blood of Christ washed it all away. And at the very same time, God was working to fill in the gaps in St. Mark, to make him the more that he needed to be. Now, if we in this congregation are going to think and act bigger in our ministry, the most important thing for us to do is to follow the example of St. Mark. We need to be surrounded by the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to immerse ourselves in our Savior's love because the love of Christ is never missing anything. It could not possibly be more than it is. It is absolutely total and complete. Whatever has been missing in your life, if it's zeal or ambition or any of the other things that God wants you to be, Christ takes it and covers over it with the robe of his righteousness. It is totally forgiven. And at the same time that you take that good news into your heart, every time God is working to make us more than we are, the more that we need to be. It is only going to be the love of Christ that makes us in this congregation say, the work that is done here is the most important work there is. Being satisfied, laying back, 
not really an option. We need to keep working until it's perfect, which obviously means we need to keep working until Christ calls us home or until Christ comes back. His love could not possibly be more than it is. And he uses that love to make his people more. He did it for St. Mark, and he will do it for us too. Amen.